Have you ever been put up against a time frame where one person needs to be onboarded or one person needs to be caught up on training because they were out or one person needs a little more coaching? I'm Becky Pike-Pluth with the Bob Pike Group and one-on-one training is a specialty. So what are some practical tips that I could give you on training one-on-one? Well, here are 12. Number one, assess learners one at a time. Duh. If you're training one-on-one, you want to assess them one-on-one. Don't wait for three individuals to have gone through training with you and then get them together and assess. Assess in the moment. Number two, be patient. One of the things that I see a lot of trainers doing when they are used to training in a classroom, they're not willing to actually wait the one minute for the learner to get something. They might say, okay, take one minute and look through this. And then they're sitting there and they're getting more and more nervous because it's silent. There's no ruffling of papers. There's no side talk happening. Most of the time in a classroom, you would put on some quiet music, but one-on-one, for some reason, we don't think that we need to do that. We We change all of our behavior from classroom trainer to one-on-one. And so we need to be patient when there's only one person because it still takes time to be able to consider what needs to be done. Number three, ask that individual to vote where they feel the most time is needed for their personal learning. So here's our agenda. We are going to cover all of it. But if you could choose where we would spend a little bit extra time, Which are the top three areas that you think would be most helpful for you? This way you can customize the training to their biggest needs, not what you think they might need. Number three, pre-test and post-test prior to assess prior learning. So I'm going to give them a standard paper and pencil test or a matching game or Q&A. I'm going to do that at the very beginning. And then at the end, I want to assess the learning again to see how much they've grown. I'm not going to use the exact same questions, but I'm going to test the same information. Allow the learner to drive through simulations and skill work. If you think about driver's ed, I have a 14-year-old and a half, I guess she would say, uh, that is going through driver's ed this week. And what she's coming back with is, oh, this and that and the other thing. And, oh, mom, do you know that these signs mean this and that? Oh, mom, your yield wasn't really a yield. Oh, it's yellow. You're not supposed to speed up, mom. They say to slow down and all of those kinds of things, right? But I am allowing her to, quote unquote, drive through the simulation and the skill work because the more she verbally talks about it, the better she's going to to learn that information. Another one to consider is becoming a learning partner. Why? Because they need to bounce some ideas off of someone else. When you're one-on-one, you just become their, their partner. Yes, you're going to have a lot of the answers and things like that, but it's, it's okay for them to be able to have that conversation and not just have it be a one-way, all-the-time, I'm alone in this. We want to be partners. Number seven, stand up and present at a flip chart from time to time. So don't always feel like you just have to sit next to them. Uh, Although that too is a a, a number, you know, tip number eight is sit down for conversational discussion. But if you want to prevent present from a chart from time to time, that's going to become a more formal presentation. So it's a different feel. So that was seven and eight. 
Number nine, I want to encourage you, model the techniques that you would normally use in a full classroom. If you're going to have flip charts, use flip charts. If you're going to ask a question, ask the question. If you would normally have them work with a partner, you become that partner. Maybe you want them to stand up and work or go on a field trip to the HR office versus just lecturing about it. Now, Another idea and concept is the change of your voice. Sometimes by using a subject matter expert for observations and conversations, it's not going to be you constantly sharing everything. So let's go back to example of a field trip to the HR office. In that field trip, why not have that HR representative share their top three things that they see new employees wanting to know about. That way, you get a little bit of a break and your learner gets to hear someone else's voice. Number 11, it's really easy to not be as organized one-on-one -on -one as you would be in the classroom. I want to encourage you to be organized. Bring all of the tools and utensils and, and things that you would need and have them ready to go. Remember that if you appear unorganized, it's being unorganized. So we need to make sure that everything is where we would want it to be. And then finally, our 12th is make sure that you prepare, prepare, prepare. Working on one-on-one -on -one is almost more work than training a whole classroom. And it's really important that when we're taking content that we would normally deliver to a group and preparing it for one-on-one, -on -one, it's not impossible to be interactive, engaging, but it does require a different type of preparation. I'm Becky Pike-Pluth with the Bob Pike Group. Thanks for listening to our tips, practical tips for one-on-one -on -one training. We'll see you next week.